Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. As we get into God's Word today, I want to show you something we do interesting and unique here at Radiant Church is that we give out sermon notes every single weekend. And the reason we give out sermon notes is because we are not here just to inspire you, but we want to equip you through God's Word on how to live it out throughout the rest of the week. So you get notes every single Sunday, and it's been fun to see people collect these. They get binders, put them all in there. But if you've never taken notes, I challenge you, take notes. You're four times more likely to remember it if you write it down so you can take out those notes today that you got on your way. And today we're in ending a series called Advent. And Advent is kind of synonymous with Christmas. We see it all over on Christmas decorations and we hear about Advent. And many of people don't even know what it means. Advent was started by the early church um, in the first few centuries as they prepared for celebrating Christmas. They would prepare for what it meant to really focus on Jesus's birth. And that word Advent, you can write it down, simply means arrival. It means arrival, like we're in preparation for arrival, for what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, him showing up on the scene, but also we're in preparation for his arrival of when he shows up in your life today. When Jesus shows up, Things change in the world. Things change in your world. We talked about it in week one, how when Jesus shows up, he brings hope into our lives. Christians should be filled with hope and expectation of what God can do through their lives. We talked about it in week two, how when we expect the arrival of the way, when Jesus shows up, he brings us a way in which we are called to live. And we don't do it our way, we do it God's way. And then last week, I talked about the arrival of peace, that when Jesus comes on the scene, he brings peace no matter the chaos around us. And today, I want you to write it down. I wanna talk to you for a few minutes about the arrival of the miraculous. The arrival of the miraculous miracles and magic and all the kind of fun stuff of Christmas. You hear about it all the time in all of the different stories. There's something about Christmas miracles or Christmas magic that things just seem to happen on Christmas. And it's in all the stories we we grew up with. You know, it's on Christmas that Buddy is gonna be reconciled to his father. It's gonna happen. The restoration's gonna happen. It's gonna happen on on Christmas. Ralphie is going to get his BB gun and he's going to get it on Christmas. It's just going to happen. He thought the gifts were over, but they're not. There was still one more on Christmas. Uh, The Grinch's heart is going to grow three times its size, which I don't know how healthy that is, but I'm telling you, it's going to happen on Christmas. Scrooge is going to wake up and he's going to be unbelievably transformed into a kind and generous person. And it's all going to happen on Christmas. Christmas. And Clark is going to get that check. He's going to get that check. He's going to be able to put in the pool for the Griswolds. And that check is going to come on Christmas. Christmas resolves it. And you go, well, those things are movies. But reality is, is so many of us think that whatever you're going through today is going to get resolved by Christmas. We, we have these high hopes that maybe the relationship can get reconciled this Christmas. This is the Christmas that we can all get along. We're not, we're not going to argue around the dinner table this Christmas about politics. It's going to happen. It's this Christmas that I'm going to get the healing that I need, or I'm going to have that medical breakthrough. Or this Christmas, that bonus is going to come in the mail. It's going to be awesome. It's this Christmas that I'm finally going to meet that small town girl or small town guy. And we're gonna get engaged on Christmas. It's gonna happen. 
It's, it, it, it's, it's the dream that we all get. The problem with it is, is that Christmas comes and then Christmas goes and December 26th shows up and what we realize is that nothing changed because the holiday can't solve your problems. Santa can't solve squat. You gotta get this because Christmas without Christ will always leave us empty. Christmas without Christ will always leave us empty. And so if you want a miracle this Christmas, you want a breakthrough this Christmas, and I'm gonna encourage you at all of our campuses today that you've gotta go back to the reason for this season. You gotta focus on what really can bring about a miracle in your life, and that is Jesus showing up on the scene, the advent, the arrival of the miraculous. So let me show it to you in the Bible, in the, in the Christmas story, the, the, the first Christmas story 2,000 years ago, where we look at the life of Jesus and how he came on the scenes. We're gonna begin the book of Matthew, chapter one, we'll pick up in verse 18. It says it like this, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine trying to explain that one right there? It's the Holy Spirit, I promise. Like, yeah, I don't know about that. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home to be your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. We see the advent, the arrival of the miraculous right here in this first Christmas story. And I wanna give it to you today, three miracles from this story that you can believe in your life and you can experience in your life this Christmas. And you don't get any other breakthrough, you can get these three breakthroughs today that they got 2,000 years ago that you can get today. The first Christmas miracle I wanna show you in our story is that God chooses us. God chooses us. When God was rolling out his redemption plan for humanity, he chose flawed, broken people to accomplish his great plan. Now, I don't understand it, and I don't think I would do it the same way, but God chooses people. He chooses you and me to accomplish his great work on the world today, and he did it through Mary. You gotta think about this. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. Now, if I were writing this and I were God and I'd making this happen, I don't think I would do it the exact same way. The God, way God did it is his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. What did God do? He found this young girl that he could use to bring about Jesus, the savior of the world. Now we look at Mary today, we kind of you know, honored her in such a way that, that we think she was perfect or she was some special person, but Mary was your average girl. In that day, women were a second class citizen. So that's not today, but back then it was. And, and when that was the case back then, you know, it would have been a big deal that God chose, not just anybody, chose a woman. 
And then he chose a young woman. And then we know she was a, a poor young woman. There was nothing about her life that made her stand out, yet God chose her. And I want to encourage you today that no matter what you have going against you, God still chooses you and me to accomplish his great plan on the earth today. When I think about being chosen, I think of, <laughs> I think of middle school. I have some traumatic memories of middle school that, that still kind of haunt me to this day where it was during PE class. Now I hated PE because I was not athletic. I, I just, I, I didn't like it. I was not good at anything. And during those days, and maybe it might be the case today. I don't know if it is, but back then we would do something so horrific. You'd choose team captains. Y'all remember these days? And then the team captains were normally the best in the whole class. So I was never the team captain. And then they would do is they would take the team captains, they put them in front and they'd line everybody up on the wall to get chosen. And it was the worst in my life where I'm standing there just traumatized. And I'd work on my prayer life because I'm praying the whole time going, God, I don't need to be the first chosen, but please don't let me be the last one here. Now, I wanna just kind of get a poll of our audience today so we can see who everybody was. Who's the group of people that were normally the first people chosen? Come on, where are y'all at? Where are y'all at? We don't like y'all. None of us. No, overachievers. Where, where are my people? Where, where are you the ones that, you were the last three at least every single time, come on. That was me. It was traumatizing. Nobody likes not being chosen. Nobody likes not being picked. And, and we're in our world today where we get you know, um, overlooked for the job or overlooked for that relationship. And, and you feel like, man, I'm, I'm second rate, but I want to encourage you today, God chose you. The Bible says it this way, Jesus is speaking and saying, you didn't choose me, I chose you and appointed you that you may go and bear fruit fruit that will last. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, I've appointed your life for something great. Paul wrote it this way, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Many people read that verse and go, okay, well that disqualifies me because Aaron, I got a lot of issues. Here's what I've realized with that verse is God does not choose us because of our holiness. He chooses us in our mess and transforms us into something beautiful. That's what the gospel is all about. So, so, so your mess doesn't disqualify you. It sets you up for the grace of God so that when he chooses you, guess what? You don't get the credit, he does. You see, let me just give you this point and I want you to get it really today is that we are created by God and for God. And if you think your life is about anything else other than that, you're missing it that God orchestrated your birth at this moment in time in history, at this place, because there's something he wants to do great in your life. You are not an accident. You are not a coincidence. There might've been accidental pregnancies. There's never been an accidental child. God designed and destined your life before the foundation of the world, and you have a purpose. Come on, give them better praise than that today, church. There's a purpose. And you go, well, Aaron, there's so much issues I have in my life. There's no way God could use me. And I'm sure Mary felt the exact same way, but God chose her and he chooses you. And I want you to understand this because the greatness of our lives has little to do with who we are, but everything to do with who God is. So when God does do something great through your life, people go, oh man, that had to be God. Because <laughs> none of us are that good. 
So you go, well, Aaron, I, I, don't, I don't even know. I don't even know what he could do through my life. I don't even know who he is. That is why as a church, we read through the entire Bible every single year. And we're gonna start January 1st. If you've never read through the Bible in a year, we want you to join us. And I want you, I'm telling you, it's interesting to me how many Christians believe the Bible cover to cover and yet have never read the Bible cover to cover. So I wanna challenge you this year, go into God's word. And there's some of that you're not gonna get right away, but I'm telling you, you're gonna learn who God is. And the more you know who God is, the more you're gonna recognize what is possible with your life. God chose you. Here's the second one. The second Christmas miracle we see in the story is that God guides us. He guides us. Now I want you to see this because I've missed this so many times, but I want you to understand a Christmas miracle that's available for your life. Look what it says. In our passage, talk about Joseph. So Mary has, has heard the miracle. The Holy Spirit ha has done this miracle in her life where Jesus is now gonna be born through her. That's a big deal. And then Joseph hears about it. Now, some of y'all, you go a little crazy during that moment. And Joseph was about to make a massive mistake. Look at verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in his mind to divorce her quietly. Now, how many know that Joseph was more Christian than some of y'all? Because some of y'all would go right on social media and go, let me tell you how crazy she is. <laughs> Nothing quiet about y'all. But after he had considered this, look what happened. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. It didn't make sense. It didn't connect that this was God working. But what happened is in the unknown, God stepped in and protected Joseph from making a terrible mistake with his life. Now imagine if he would have made that mistake. Imagine if he would have divorced her quietly and gone on his own way. He would have missed out on the greatest miracle given to humanity, the miracle of Jesus. He would have missed it. And I wonder how many of you in your life are missing out on the great miracles God wants to do in your life because you're doing it your way instead of God's way. Many times in your life, you are praying for God to do a miracle in the midst of your mess, but the reason there's mess is because you didn't listen to the very first miracle if that he can guide your life. And you would need less miracles in your mess if you would get a miracle of going, God, what do you want me to do in my life so that I don't keep walking into the same mess and the same pain and the same mistake year after year and time after time. God can guide your life. He can guide it. And it's interesting to me how many times we continually do it our way, have disastrous results, and then vent to God going, God, why did you allow this happen? <laughs> God's like, hey, I, 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 sent, I sent an angel. I sent a sermon. I sent a friend to tell you, don't do that. Don't date that one. You didn't listen. Because we like to do it our way. I'm telling you, God can guide your life. That's why Isaiah says it this way. Whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Imagine this. Imagine the God of the universe guiding your life every single step so that you can walk into the plans of God. I, I look at the miracles of my life. I, I'm not that good. I'm not that great. I, I look at my marriage. I look at how amazing Katie is, how amazing our five kids are. I look at it and I go, I'm not good enough to orchestrate all this. God guided my life. Now, now some of y'all, you're sitting next to that spouse right now. If you are, just look right at them, look at them, look right at them, and just realize you don't deserve that. 
Come on, some of y'all know, you don't deserve that. You know who you are. You didn't deserve it. Is there anybody just grateful that despite our mess, we serve a God that guides our life and gives us grace and gives us blessings in our life? Jesus, when speaking to his disciples, said, hey, I'm gonna give you the spirit of truth. This is the Holy Spirit. He will guide you into all truth. I want this for you next year. I want you to walk in such a way that your life is avoiding all the pitfalls that everybody else has fallen into because we're led by the Spirit of God. You go, Aaron, I don't know how to do that. I don't even know how to hear God's voice. Well, I'm so glad you asked. That means that you need to take a season of your life consecrate yourself to be able to connect with God and disconnect from the world. You go, well, Aaron, when could I do that? Well, on January the 8th, we are launching 21 days of prayer and fasting. Isn't that amazing that the solution is that you get involved? Saw the little pull there and got you. And prayer and fasting is one of the most powerful things I do all year long, where I set up my year by praying and connecting with God. Prayer connects us with God. Fasting disconnects us from the world. And when you do a combination of the two, you'll have supernatural breakthrough in your life. You'll be able to hear God's voice with such clarity and go, okay, this is the direction. This is the job. This is, this, is the, this is the career I'm supposed to take. God will guide your life. It's a miracle that we see that God has not left us to our own to figure it out. He's guided us. And when I am submitted to God's direction, I will walk into God's destiny. And I want you submitted to God's direction in your life and watch us walk into God's destiny. Even this last year, we were praying so hard for um, our St. Pete campus, and we were praying that God would give us a building. And so this, this building came on the market um, earlier in the year, and so we started to put a bid out for it, and it was more money than we'd ever spent before. We were gonna spend on a facility. It was, it was about 20-something minutes away from our campus there at Canterbury, closer to the west side of, of St. Pete, and we're like, man, that'll be a drive for a lot of them, and, but we just got it. We were in under pressure, like, we gotta get this building. We gotta make this happen, so we put all these bids out. We were, we were fighting it with this developer that wanted to take over this property and build apartments or whatever, so we put out more money than we ever thought. Okay, well, we'll spend this. We'll go into debt. We'll do it. And then our, our board got together and started to pray. And we felt this like check in our spirit. Like, do we need, to, we feel like we're pushing this door open. Is this, is this what God wants? And then it was a few weeks later that we found out that we got way, way, way outbid by some developer. And, and so the door radically shut down. And I remember being really frustrated going, God, we're trying to build your church. And these people are taking over these properties and we need this. And, and I remember getting really, really, really upset until about two months later, a little Baptist church there in the exact same community, I mean, maybe a mile away from that property, reached out to us, not knowing anything else going on, and said, hey, we got this piece of property here. We just feel like together we can reach this community more. Can y'all put a campus right here? Saved us millions and millions of dollars. Didn't have to buy that property. Didn't have to do it. God, God had a better plan. And if we would have forced our way, we would have put ourselves in a bind, had a bunch of issues with it, still under construction. But we were able to launch our West St. Pete campus this last year, which has reached hundreds of people for Christ. I'm telling you, God will guide your life. He'll guide your life. It's a miracle that you can experience this Christmas. So the miracle is that God chose you God will guide you. And here's the third miracle is that God forgives us. Oh, he forgives us. When you look at the world today and you look at the pain and the hardship and the struggles of the world today, everything can be boiled down to the fact that sin is the problem. Sin's the problem. It's always. 
It's the reason there's wars happening all over the world. It's the reason that there's, there's all the, 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 the famine and the disease and all the issues, all of it is rooted back into to sin. It's the reason that your relationships break apart. Sin is the cause of all of it. But we look in our passage today about the miracle that came when Jesus showed up on the scene. Verse 21, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. This is the miracle that Jesus came on the scene to give us. Because in, in the past, what would happen is there would have to be a sacrifice for the sin. There'd have to be a payment for the sin. So people would come, they would offer their, their bull or their goat or their bird, and they would offer this animal, and it would be a temporary covering for their sins. And, and if that's the case today, some of y'all would be offering lots and lots of animals. Because every time you sin, you need another animal. And actually, we do the same thing in our world today. We do the same thing. Here's what it looks like, because you ask people, you go, hey, wh why are you going to heaven? Well, why, why are you right with God? And they always say the same kind of thing. They always say, well, I do more good than I do bad. I do some good stuff. I give some money away. I help some people walk across the street. I'm a good person, but that sacrifice is not sufficient. Our sin is so great that there had to be a greater sacrifice, but that's why Jesus came. That's, that's what it said. He will save his people from their sins. And 30 years after he was born, Jesus gets launched into ministry. And as he gets launched into ministry, his cousin, John the Baptist, you've probably heard about him. He's the forerunner of Jesus. He's the one that makes the declaration when Jesus walks on the scenes. He says, there he is, the lamb of God. People would know that language. That, that was the language. That's our sacrifice, the lamb of God. And he said this phrase right here. He says, who takes away the sins of the world. He doesn't temporarily cover them. He doesn't, he doesn't appease God on this. No, 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 he takes it away. As far as the East is from the West, we are forgiven. We are made right with God because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Can I hear a better amen today, church? Sin is our sickness and Jesus is our solution. If you think I can get a solution anywhere else, you're missing it. Jesus is the only solution. So how do we experience it this Christmas? You go, Aaron, I've got a lot of sin. Well, he's got a lot of grace to give. My sin's great, his sacrifice was greater. And how do we experience it? The Bible tells us if we confess our sins. What does that mean? That means if we make a point where we can submit ourselves to knowing I need a savior and that savior is Jesus. So I'm gonna say it. We're gonna confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And then look what he does and purify us of all unrighteousness. You can walk in this place filled with sin. And because of one decision to submit your life to Christ, Jesus can forgive you, transform you, and you can walk out of here completely right before God. That's the message of the gospel. And that's the miracle of Christmas. And that's why Jesus came. And it's not some temporary thing. It's not some Christmas high that December 26th is over. No, it's a, it's a lasting eternal miracle in your life. The forgiveness of sin is the greatest miracle because it's the only one that results in eternal life that for all of eternity, we're gonna be able to celebrate the fact that we submitted our lives to the one who took our sins and was nailed to the cross for them.
that's the gospel. The gospel is that 2,000 years ago, when man was separated from God because of sin, lost in our sin, Jesus came, born in a manger, but he didn't stay eight pounds, six ounce baby Jesus for long. No, he grew up, he, he, he lived a perfect life, died a horrific death for your sins and for mine, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again three days later, conquering death, hell, and the grave. And because he overcame, now you can overcome. That's the Christmas miracle. God chooses you, he guides you, and he can forgive you. So my question for you today is, do you need a Christmas miracle? You need a Christmas miracle. You're going, Aaron, yeah, I need it in my family. I need it in my health. I, I, I need it in my finances. Those are only symptoms of the greater miracle you need, the forgiveness of sins. And I just am a crazy believer to think that this Christmas, God chose you to be in this room. He guided you. You probably should have been dead, but he guided you right here. And now he wants to forgive you. With every eye closed, every head bowed, you feel the Holy Spirit's tug on your heart right now that you know you need to confess your sins. You need to confess your need of the Savior. We confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart. That's, that's what we gotta do. So we gotta confess, man, we need you, God. I can't do it on my own. And I gotta believe in my heart. Jesus is who he says he is and I'm gonna follow him the rest of my life. If that's you today, on the count of three, I'm gonna have you make the bold decision to say, today's my day, Christmas 2023. I'm giving Jesus my life. And that's you on the count of three. I want you to throw that hand up and just wave it at me at all of our campuses and say, today's my day, Aaron. I'm giving Jesus my life. One, two, three. If that's you, come on, throw the hand up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Man, dozens of hands here at South Tampa. I know that all of our campuses, wave it at me, put it right back down. Big, big day for you. Proud of you. Let's do this. Why don't we all pray this prayer? We, we're gonna confess it with our mouth, but I want you to also believe it in your heart. Don't just make it something with your mouth. Make it something with your whole life that you give it all to Jesus. Say it like this, say, dear Jesus. Come on, say it together, dear Jesus. Today, I give you my life. I give you my sin. Thank you for dying for me. I choose to live for you for the rest of my life. I'm gonna follow you. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, let's celebrate those who just made the best decision ever. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.